Crowley's Christmas Carol, a Good Omens fan fiction, written by Cousin Serena, read aloud by Sky Asimaru. If you enjoy this podfic, you can check out the original story on Archive of Our Own. If you would like to hear more of my recordings or see some of my own work, you can find me through the pen and screen name of Sky Asimaru. Crowley's Christmas Carol Summary Crowley hates Christmas, and of course, Aziraphale loves everything about it. When a Christmas prank goes horribly wrong, Aziraphale is deeply hurt. Crowley decides his angel would be better off if he'd never met him. But then, an unexpected guardian angel appears to him in a dream to show him just how wrong he is. Chapter 1 To say that Crowley despised Christmas would be an understatement. He positively loathed the holiday. The forced cheer, the blaring of Christmas carols, and celestial harmonies everywhere one went. The bright lights everywhere, ruining the velvety darkness and shadows of night. And the insanity seemed to begin earlier and earlier each year. And to think so many of the Christmas traditions were pagan in origin. The tree, for example. Pagans hung evergreen branches way back in the 4th century. Not to mention, the whole blessed affair was on the wrong date. The child hadn't been born in winter. He'd been born in spring. In any case, people went more and more mad each year, seeing how many lights and bubbles they could string on a tree and who could display the biggest and most garish decoration on their property. It all posed a big problem for Crowley when it came to his angel. He'd begun spending so much time in the bookshop and the angel's little flat upstairs that he only went to his own flat to water and yell at the plants, or when he wanted to nap, for several days on end, undisturbed. The problem was that Aziraphale was positively enraptured over all things Christmas, which meant that every time he hung out at Aziraphale's, his senses were overloaded. The angel hung holly and evergreen garlands all over the fireplace and tops of bookshelves most with twinkling lights adorning them. There must have been fifty Father Christmas figurines on display throughout the shop, red and green towels in the toilet, and Christmas snow globes on every tabletop. The whole shop was simply ablaze in green, red, silver, and gold. And, of course, the angel had cleared space for an enormous Christmas tree, 
which he was now busily decorating, whilst humming along to the carols he played on his old-fashioned record player. Even worse, Crowley had bought the angel a television several months ago, and a Xerophil miracled nothing but Christmas movies to play on it. It was now showing It's a Wonderful Life, the part where George Bailey is horrified when the angel Clarence shows him that his wife has turned out to be a spinster librarian. Oh, Crowley, are you going to help me decorate, or are you simply going to lounge on my sofa, pouting? asked Aziraphale, the corners of his mouth turned up. I am not pouting, but I'm bored, Angel. You know how I feel about all this. He waved in a vague, sweeping gesture. Oh, don't be such a Scrooge. Demon or no, it wouldn't hurt for you to at least try to enjoy the holiday a bit. After all, I attempted to get into the Halloween spirit for you. I even went to that horrid haunted house attraction. Ugh. The angel shuddered. Look here, dear. I'll get us each a nice cup of hot chocolate, shall I? Crowley sulked. The angel was supposed to be paying attention to him, not putting baubles on a giant tree. He knew Aziraphale would simply hand him his drink and go right back to decorating. Still, he did like a nice cup of cocoa, and Aziraphale made the best. Hmm, well, I suppose that'd be all right, he said. With marshmallows? Aziraphale rolled his eyes. <laughs> yes, with marshmallows, you old grouch. He went into the back room, where there was a tiny kitchen he'd added, and got busy making the chocolate. As he hummed, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Crowley looked at the telly. George Bailey was having a major crisis as he saw how dismal life in Bedford Falls would be without him. Crowley snorted. <laughs> Sappy holiday rubbish, he muttered. What's that, dear? Nothing, Angel, he called back. He looked at the enormous tree. The angel had stuffed it with glass baubles and lights, but he had to admit the pine did smell lovely. And then he had a thought, an irresistible thought. He wondered what it would be like to slither up into the tree in his snake form and drape himself over the branches. He grinned, delighted at the idea. Aziraphale would come into the room and find Crowley missing. He'd set the cocoa down, of course. Then, as soon as he got near the tree, to go around it and down the hall to look for Crowley, he would poke his head out and surprise him. <laughs> what fun! I'll be just a few more minutes, Crowley, Aziraphale called from the kitchen. Uh, no problem, Angel. 
Now was his chance. He sauntered over to the tree and took a moment to focus. He breathed in and out deeply, willing his joints to relax and his body to loosen and elongate into a serpentine form. Now he was on the floor, looking directly ahead at the base of the tree, which was stuck in a big pan of water. He was able to adjust his size, and he made himself big enough to startle the angel, but small enough to slink up the tree and drape himself over the branches. Up he went, delighting in the rough texture of the trunk against his body. It was like scratching an itch. The scent of the pine was delightful, annoying Christmas tradition or no. He made his way to the middle of the tree, but wanted to go further up so that he would be at eye level when Aziraphale stood next to him as he hid. He slithered up, worrying a bit as the tree wobbled just a bit in its base. Now, to make his way along one of the branches, he wanted his head to be positioned close enough so that he could poke it out and startle the angel. He knew Aziraphale would be a little annoyed, but then he'd laugh, as he always did, at Crowley's mostly harmless pranks. He eased himself out along a branch that was just about eye-level to Aziraphale, but the branch was already laden with a heavy ornament. It was a red glass apple, one of the angel's favorites. They had bought it while browsing an outdoor Christmas market last year. The angel had wriggled with joy over the find, saying it would always be a reminder of their first encounter in Eden. Crowley had underestimated the weight of the ornament and the effect of his own weight added to it. With a shock of realization, he felt the tree wobble dangerously. And then, as he tried to hurriedly writhe back around to the center of the tree, he felt himself and the tree going down. Crash! The beautiful tree now lay on its side, water running out of the pan, Crowley having barely slithered out of the way. The beautiful glass apple ornament was now in shatters all over the floor. Aziraphale came running just as Crowley transformed back into his human corporation. For a moment, the angel just stood there, not shouting, not saying anything, his open mouth simply shut, and his face hardened into an unreadable expression. Then his eyes fell upon the shattered remains of the glass apple. Crowley had never seen Aziraphale look like that. He wished he would yell at him, or something, and not just stand there looking at the mess and at Crowley like he was disappointed. 
Angel, I, I'm sorry, I just, uh, just what, Crowley? What were you doing? I know you hate Christmas. I know you can't stand to see me enjoy the holidays while you mope around on the sofa, but I didn't think you'd go so far as to ruin... Crowley was mortified to see tears in the angel's eyes. He'd only wanted to play a little prank. How could Aziraphale think he'd deliberately destroyed the tree? Uh, honest, Aziraphale, I only meant to play a little joke. He trailed off, lamely. Uh, look, we can just miracle it back together. I'm sorry. A joke? Well, I hope you're amused, Crowley. Aziraphale's face was clouded over in a mixture of anger and hurt. Look, I said I'm sorry, he snapped defensively. It's not like I meant to knock over your stupid tree. Oh, God, Satan, whoever. He'd gone too far. He didn't mean it, but he'd said it, and it hung there between them, and it was too late to unsay it. Aziraphale looked so stunned and hurt. How could Crowley possibly fix it? He'd wounded his angel to the core. I'm sorry, angel. Really, I'm sorry. Let me help you. I just... Just go, Crowley. Just go home. The silence was palpable and awful. The demon couldn't look his angel in the eyes. He hung his head, feeling small and ashamed, and slunk out the front door of the shop. He decided to punish himself by walking back to his flat in the cold, with a light snow dusting everything. He looked at the ground as he walked along, ignoring the blaring cheer of the holiday lights and shop displays all around him. Go home, the angel had told him, as if the bookshop wasn't his true home, where his heart was. Why hadn't he just tried to join in on the angel's fun? It wouldn't have cost him anything. And instead, he'd ruined Aziraphale's Christmas. But that was what he did, wasn't it? He was a demon, and therefore bound to cause mischief and havoc, ruining everything he got close to. He wasn't a particularly good demon, and he wasn't good enough for his angel, either. He walked along on autopilot, dimly aware of the bitter cold seeping into his limbs. He was never good with cold. Even in his human corporation, he was especially sensitive to it. His bare hands ached, even though they were stuffed inside his coat pockets. He should ache, he thought, for making his angel's heart ache like that. Eventually, he found himself back at his own flat, 
largely unaware of how he got there. He entered and scanned his austere, Christmas-free, angel-free flat. He looked at his plants, and he was too downhearted to work up the energy to berate them. One of the ferns had a brown spot, and it trembled as Crowley approached it. He thought of how the angel would have stroked the little plant and said encouraging things to it instead of yelling at it. And then the tears started flowing down his face. He reached out and brushed a finger over the spotty frond. It's all right, plant, he said, sniffling. I'm shoddy too. And with that, he shuffled into his dark bedroom, crawled under the covers, and drifted off to sleep, thinking how Aziraphale would have been so much happier if he'd never met him. He opened his eyes to find a soft white light radiating all around him. His dark flat practically glowed with ethereal light. Was it morning already? Surely not. And anyway, the light was not coming from outside his draped windows. It was inside the flat and all around him. Uh, what the heaven? he asked aloud. <laughs> not quite, demon, answered a familiar voice. A figure stepped through his bedroom door, surrounded in a bright white glow, which dissipated to reveal. Uh, Gabriel? Crowley's mouth hung open. He snapped fully awake and sprang out of bed, fortunately still in his clothes and not naked as he often slept, ready for battle. Gabriel dressed in a pristinely white suit and wearing his customary smirk, raised both hands in mock surrender. Whoa now, hold on there, Crawley. The wanker, Crowley thought. Wanker, is it? <laughs> I'm not the one that completely ruined Christmas for his boyfriend. He rolled his eyes at the word boyfriend. Crowley's mouth hung open. Uh, you read my thoughts? You're dreaming, you idiot. And for some reason, for tonight only, I'm your friggin' guardian angel. Crowley said nothing for a moment. This was too ridiculous to be happening, even in a dream. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, said Gabriel impatiently. Why me? I don't know. I don't make the rules. Anyway, don't think of me as the actual Gabriel. Think of me as the spirit of Christmas or something. But here I am, ready to be your dream guide. So... Let's get this started so we can get it over with. Now, what were you thinking when you drifted off to sleep? The events of the night flooded back to him. The stupid prank, wrecking the angel's tree, 
when he'd gone off to make him hot chocolate. Uh, that Aziraphale would be better off without me, he said. He'd be happier without me in his life. Gabriel, or at any rate, the Christmas spirit that looked and acted like Gabriel, reached out his hand to Crowley. When Crowley didn't move, he rolled his eyes again and heaved a big sigh. Ugh, look, we have a long night ahead of us. Take my friggin' hand already so I can show you what Desirafel's life would be without you. To be continued in Chapter 2 Thank you for reading. Happy holidays, everyone. Please drop by the archive and let the author know what you thought of their work.